What is up? Welcome to another edition of Matchup Points here at FantasyPoints.com. I'm John Hansen, Adam Kaplan, Brent Whitefield here ready to rock and roll. Our guy Trey on the other side of the glass. And this puppy, uh, I don't know, probably only about 25 minutes with only two games. Uh, guys, I'm sure everyone is doing well. We'll get right into it here and we'll start with the you know, it's the best weekend, uh, actually, no, best day of the year. So uh, championship Sunday uh, will kick off here with the Chiefs and the Ravens. Adam, we usually start with you. Uh, I see Marlon Humphrey. Uh, looks like he is good to go. What is up with LeJarrius Sneed? What, what are the injuries here? Yeah, Humphrey's actually not good to go, but he'll probably play. Uh, he's had this calf injury for nearly two months. He just battles through it. Um, Mark Andrews should get cleared. Not a lock, but he should get cleared. Now, the question would be, how much can he play? The first game in over two months. What's the conditioning like? That's why he didn't play last week. So that's something to watch. And then, the, But the Chiefs are really banged up. Uh, Derek Nottie, one of their starting uh, D-tackles, who's got the elbow-slash-triceps injury. He probably won't play. He didn't play last week. Bring about Sky Moore. Um Pacheco, they've rested him. He's got ankle toe injuries. This has been on purpose. Now, if, if he doesn't work tomorrow, then I'd be concerned for sure. But I don't get the sense of any panic. Joe Tooney's got the pectoral strain. That's a tough injury to play with. And Willie Gay's got the, the reoccurrence of his neck injury. That's why he got taken out of the game and didn't get cleared to, to come back in. So of the two teams, clearly Kansas City's the team that's got the injuries. Brett, matchup-wise here, I mean – well, what stands out to you? I, I think um, pretty good matchup for Lamar. They do play a lot of man. They've got myriad weapons here. Uh, what are you seeing out of Lamar? It looks like Isaiah Likely has been a guy that he's been looking toward, uh, you know, for bigger plays, uh, I guess, often against man. Uh, they do seem to be peaking right now offensively. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Lamar. Lamar's looked great down the stretch. <clears throat> I think he had a – very brief window early in the year where, you know, it wasn't all coming together. But he's been the clear MVP, I think, for half the season now. I mean, he, like, last, what, six games, you know, top four in yards per attempt, passer rating, and, like, against most coverage shells as well. There's not really a clear way to beat him. Um, to your point about the Kansas City Chiefs man coverage deployment, they play man more than any team in the NFL. They're obviously more than any team left in the playoffs. And I, th I think – you know, kind of what you saw last week with the Bills and the way Josh Allen exploited that, you'll see more of that from Lamar. So if he sees, you know, the backs of defensive backs jerseys running away from him, he's going to look to run the football. And I think that's a smart game plan. I would, you know, he should flirt with 100 yards rushing in this game. What do we think about, well, Adam, Legereus, um, he is still limited with a calf. So, you know. Again, it's the playoffs. Win and go, win or go home. He'll play. Yeah, he, he yeah, yeah. he's had this for a couple of weeks. By the way, and I know forecasts can change, but looking at hour by hour during the game, which only that's the only thing that matters. Unless it changes, it's going to rain. We're going to have rain in that game. So, uh, unfortunately, mm. wind is not too bad. But we'll see what the rain uh, looks like on Sunday. But right now, it it is from kickoff until the end of the game. It should rain for most of the game again, unless it changes. And by the way, the the total. Uh, is fluctuated from 44 to 44 and a half, and the Ravens are still a three and a half point favorite. Yeah, it's a it's a lower total. It's raining in Baltimore. Cue the uh, counting crows. Um, I think I said that last week, but uh, uh, you know, 
quarterbacks throwing wet balls at him. Like we used to, I used to keep track of that. Like Carson Palmer was, was not good. Do you have any recollection on Lamar throwing a wet ball? I, I don't have any recollection of him of it being problematic. No, I haven't. Um, did it rain last week in the game? I forget. Yeah. 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 I, and I don't remember it being a problem. So, no. and Mahomes could do it. He's done it. It's, it. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes, in fact, the game that, although he wasn't, he didn't play great in that game against Philly when they blew that 10 point lead at halftime. Uh, but that's when they were struggling. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I'm just, I'm more worried about the Chiefs' defensive injuries. Oh, Mike, Mike Edwards has been starting at safety because, uh, um, one of the guys is out for the season. He's got a concussion now. He started working today. That's a good sign. They need him because they're they would have to start this rookie, the fourth rounder. Yeah, Connor. Yeah, who? Yeah, who? who uh, Andy Reid gave props to a uh, Brett Veach, their their GM, for fighting this kid. Yeah, Chamari Connor, number twenty seven, out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, he got thrown in there. Did a nice job. Brett, are we looking at Legarius? Uh shadow situation here with zay flowers i mean that's got to be the alpha that you're picking out if you're picking out someone yeah uh i, th I think we'll see sneed on zay flowers for sure i mean the thing is zay moves around a lot he'll play in the slot a good bit 25 to 40 percent of the snaps so i'd imagine sneed probably goes with obj in those situations but uh, oh. we saw we saw houston give flowers the the shadow treatment last week with um derek stingley so I think that's kind of the way teams are, you know, that have the the capability to shadow. They're they're going with Zay Flowers, the guy there. So um, that's not good for Zay, by the way. And how are they? How are they exactly? I don't know. Not to put you on the spot, but working in Bateman because you know, technically Bateman is not a starter, but it, it feels like he's coming on. Yeah, he's he's. I think. Gosh, we talked about it a couple times down the stretch. It's like the explosiveness is there. Clearly, there's some type of broken trust there. It seems like probably the hands early in the year were really bad. Um, but he he is coming on. A lot of contested catch stuff has worked out. Um, he's made some big plays downfield. So um, I don't know what percentage of snaps he'll get in this game, but he'll definitely get some for sure. Um, Aguilar is, you know, nothing special. For whatever reason, he's kind of fallen into their slot receiver role. Yeah. And when he's in there, he'll see, you know, McDuffie is good. Yep. Uh, Jalen Watson is the guy you want to get on. Um, so question is, will that be Bateman or OBJ? Uh, for what it's worth, uh, Brett, I'll start with you. OBJ, uh, the damn number is up from when I was talking it up this morning, of course, on Sirius XM, it's up to 22.5, but I'll, I'd probably roll the dice on that. It's hit or miss, but he does show up for big games. Yeah. And I'll say this, if Zay is going to catch the Sneed shadow, you've got Mark Andrews who first game in a long time, if he plays. Um, I mean, OBJ is the next guy. I mean, he is the next guy. I think some of the numbers about his efficiency lately of are lying to us because of the game script, right? They haven't had a game script that's required him to be productive. So like last week, for example, you know, a lot of routes run in the first half, second half, he was mostly run blocking or not playing like it was, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I think, you know, arresting him. Yeah, they, they're exactly. They're arresting him, making sure he's healthy. I think um, I think you could see that route participation and target share go way up this week. Adam, what, what's your confidence level in the backfield here, a guy like Justice Hill? I mean, you know, it's uh, week, what, 20? Uh, and the guy just got 13 carries, uh, team high this past week. Yeah. Uh, caught a couple of balls. He is like that change-up guy. Uh, so that might be a little week-to-week. -week, but, I mean, do you have 
you have confidence that we can trust Justice Hill with like well here's the thing if you watch the game last week in the beginning Hill was the first guy in it was kind of odd and I understand they have a rotation but that was interesting so it means it's a two-man backfield and then Dalvin later in the game in the third quarter got some run he, he, he had a he had the one really nice nice run of, of uh 19 yards the rest of them weren't for, didn't do much but yeah, I, I would say my trust level is he's clearly in the rotation. He's clearly got a role, um, and that's it. Yeah, he's uh, he's been kind of a nice little surprise here where the thought had always been Gus Edwards would be the guy, but now because they want some juice, I think you hit on it. Gus is not doesn't have the juice. He, he, he's really not that type of back. In fact, I remember when they first got him, there was some talk about him being a fullback. Let's, oh, he was crazy, a fullback. But, I mean, I think he was buried on the depth chart. They had injuries ahead of him, I guess. Uh, yeah. He's was built it? like a fullback too. Well, he had the straight line speed, but really, he's 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 a power runner. What are you? Yeah, John, I, I can't guess. remember. I can't remember who the other back was there with uh, Ingram, but we can move on. Yeah. No, they, I, I, got, I got some data on Hill, by the way. Oh yeah, um, what do you have? First half of last week, when that game was competitive, he played seventy percent of the snaps. Yeah, there you go. Seventy-two um, yeah. percent of the passing downs as well. Gus the bus finished with just thirty-eight percent snap share and most of that a lot of that came in the second half actually when it was out of hand and they needed the hammer to kind of close that game out i think that's when dalvin and, and gus got in the game but he'll dominated the the snaps yeah. early in the game so yeah i i viewed him a little bit of a week-to-week matchup guy but that's only in terms of does he have a real nice role because he had a role pretty much every single week so it's one of these samples like where examples of like this guy I can't believe this guy's still on the roster uh but well apparently he's on the roster for a reason they like him and he's actually not bad um the tight end situation very difficult i i don't know brett if you have any uh insight there um it the one thing i will say is it does seem like they're using likely as a man beater of sorts in case he plays a lot of man yeah andrews and both andrews and likely both are man beaters so that's um you know hey and the the one way you've been able to beat kansas city this year is with the tight end i think yeah. they give up what uh, six points well, to inline tight ends Adjusted fantasy points, um, that's one of the worst in, in numbers in the league. So um, you can't beat them there. They have given up six catches a game uh, in their last four uh, for 56 yards uh, for what it's worth. But over for the KC side of things, um, Baltimore plays a decent amount of man. Uh, that's good. But I, I think overall, uh, I don't know about this one uh, for Mahomes. Uh, it's, it's a tough one because – you know, he was uh, out of this world in the playoffs compared to the body of work all year, I would say. It was outstanding. It was like, uh, you know, 2022 and back. But I, this is a pretty uniquely challenging matchup. I feel like I'm leaning on the body of work for KC, so I, I, I say they're on the struggle bus here. Yeah, th- this could be tough. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because Mahomes does well against some of the, the shells that – yeah, Baltimore plays, but you know Baltimore's just so different because of the way they disguise everything. So, um, w- one interesting note on Baltimore too is they they their blitz rates like gone way down throughout the year, like they're down under twenty percent the last five games, which is kind of crazy. Um, especially when you think about the way they flood that line of scrimmage with bodies and they they simulate pressure really well, making you think you're under pressure when you're not, but they don't. They're not actually following through with blitzes, and I wonder you know, how Kansas City will choose the game plan around that. But, you know, typically if you want to slow down Mahomes, it is it is muddying that site picture at the, at the you know, post-snap there. So I yeah. think Baltimore could have some, you know, some success with that. 
the big key for me is Baltimore's run defense is terrible. So, hmm. the, um, real quick, close yeah. off that thought real quick. Joe Tooney. Yeah, he's got is, a pectoral strain. That's that's not easy to come back from in one week. He's no lock. Yeah, they don't. They're not sure yet if he's going to be able to play. Nick Allegretti started a bunch of games. I mean, obviously, it'd be a, a big drop off, but it's not like he's never played. You know, if you watched the game, the, the Texans' offense closely, let's first of all, they only scored three points in offense last week. Everything they got was. They had a shot play to Collins, but it was a struggle. It's the, the teams tell me that it's Baltimore's coverages are really hard to decipher. Mike McDonald does a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need see when when you cover this way, when you disguise so well, you don't have to have great pass rushers. Yet they get they have good sack numbers this season. So it, it's but this is gonna I know Mahomes has played better. This is gonna test his patience. This is not easy. This, this is a tough one. And then you know, another thing, Brett, that might not be easy is you know, I would argue Rishi Rice has been his check down Charlie, if you will, and kind of the security blanket, uh, you know, getting first read looks, you know, individually, you know, he's going to be on like Marlon Humphrey or Kyle Hamilton a lot. So he's got a tough matchup. Yeah, I think the the Kyle Hamilton one doesn't really scare me. Hamilton is he does well with bigger slots and sure. Um, now, no, granted, Ravens have pivoted to more zone coverages lately. So maybe that's where, you know, that, that matchup, you know, you're living on Kyle Hamilton's instincts versus his man right. coverage ability. And, and Rishi likes him, himself some zone. He does. He does. And he's, he's really effective against cover three and cover six two you know, shells that Baltimore plays a lot of. So um, that could bode well for, for Rashi for sure. Um, but for him, it's all about breaking tackles and yards after catch. If he's not getting that guy, like he'll get his looks, he'll get his catches um, for him though. It's about making the most of them. And Adam, uh, to Brett's point about Casey's run or Baltimore's run defense, Ravens allowed the six most adjusted yards before contact per attempt, 4.5 yards per carry. I could absolutely see Andy Reid uh, converting to leather helmets before yeah. kickoff and, and just looking to just slow down the game and, and run the ball. Well, look, Pacheco was terrific last week. I mean, he really he didn't see each of that nice 28 yard run, really good vision. It just depends on what works. You know, you, they have to. we have to see what the rain looks like. they got to navigate through that. And could Pacheco hold up with the two injuries? That's always a concern. And it was good to see Kelsey score those two touchdowns. That was re- they, they really needed that. Because if if, they're sh- if you're shutting down Rice, yeah, the MVS had a couple shot plays. That was nice. But it, it's hard. It's hard for Kansas City. It's still not anywhere close to what we've seen with their past game in the past. They're not, they're not close to it. Yeah, well, and – much tougher matchup this week for Kelsey. Kelsey has like this long lucrative history of crushing uh, the bills and Baltimore having given up a touchdown, for example, to a tight end in four weeks. Uh, All right. I think we've covered every angle there. So let's head on over uh, to the NFC battle here. Brett Whitefield's Detroit lions at the San Francisco 49ers. Adam, Thursday evening doing this here. So, you know, still some time on Debo, but where, where are you? Where are we with Debo? Yeah, Debo was working today. So not a lot. They're not gonna let him do a lot. Then they'll, they'll see how he is tomorrow after getting work today. The key is contact. Then tell me over shoulder injury. It's you gotta be able to take contact on it. Remember he had the hairline fracture earlier this season, missed some time. You saw how Purdy struggled without him. Cause that Debo is their possession receiver run after the catch. He's super important to what they do. 
Purdy did not look right in that game. I've talked to three people who watched the tape already. They all seem to agree that Purdy was not comfortable. Give him credit for bringing him back. He just he just was not really good in that game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Debo had something to do with it. Uh, oh, by the way, um, CMC's off the injury report with that right calf issue. Mm-hmm. So that was good. They were Mike- just massaging actually his thigh, not his calf. Last weekend, when people were watching, was actually his thigh. Um, he, he gets a lot of work done on the sidelines. He does. I know. I know. He did. Look, he gets sore. Now, yeah. the Doc Addicts sore. noticed that and brought that up uh, yeah. on the radio. He does. Yeah. Right. It, it's his, actually his uh, his thigh. I, I was talking to someone with an Irish about that. But he actually the, thinks, real quick, that, that yeah. it's a technique, it's an approach that they've changed this year. And maybe it's correlating to his ability, his health. This year, yeah, keep it fresh. Yeah, keep the leg fresh. But actually, both. But the lines are the team not concerned about. They're down two tight ends. Zach Ertz probably will dress for the game. I mean, they're going to have to because they need three tight ends. Jonah Jackson's not playing. I wish the kid from um, Eagles had him last year. He was an undrafted free agent. He's they signed him off the Eagles practice squad. He's going to start. He's a, he's a tackle at Buffalo. Who's playing guard now? That we'll see how that works. Ragnall has his fourth injury. He's going to play. <laughs> Somehow he's going to get through it. Cleef Raymond's not going to play. The Porter's playing with a brace on his left knee. You saw, I give the guy credit. He's doing the best that he can. I look good. Yeah. I mean, he looked fine. He's gumby. He's not, he doesn't move quite. They were talking about that on the broadcast. He's not moving quite as well because he's wearing the brace. But yeah, of the two teams, they're the team that's really banged up. Of course, then you have the Debo thing. No rain, by the way. They'll be, it'll be fine in Santa Clara on Sunday. Uh, real quick. Uh, what do you think about a decoy Samuel situation? You know, if he suits up, might might he just be more decoy than no involved? Idea. It's strictly, it's strictly well on that. There are two things to look at. Either he's going to be able to play his number role, and he could take because his number role is also getting the ball, jet motion, whatever the case may inside handoff or whatever the case may be, and, and being receiver. On your point, if they think he can only do certain things. But just having him out there is important because, yeah. And also, Jawan Jennings is an okay player, but Debo's, you know, Debo's pretty gifted. Yeah, yeah, you can give him the ball and need a line of scrimmage a couple times. You know, give give the defense a look. Uh, you know, here's a threat on the field. Yeah. Um, uh, while while we're talking Debo, Brett, I guess we can start with the Niners here and and their offensive uh, outlook here. Obviously, Detroit giving up plenty of numbers. Baker Mayfield and Stafford have, have crushed them. Uh, don't know about Debo and you know, the weaponry is a little limited, although Juwan Jennings is balling the F out, you know, Ayuk should crush, um, you know, it's a good spot for Purdy here. What are you seeing? Yeah. I, the, I think across the board, the, the matchups are, are nice. You know, if, if Detroit's going to play more zone, they've pivoted to some more fire zone lately. They're still blitz heavy, but you know, fire zone that cover three blitz look, the, the lines have been given teams and, that's where Debo comes into play. He's going to catch a shallow or some type of screen to bust that blitz. And then on the flip side, if they're going to go back to playing a lot of man, um, I think Ayuk versus Cam Sutton, Ayuk versus Kendall Vildor, those are winnable matches. I am curious to see what they do with Sutton because he shadowed, He actually shadowed Mike Evans last week. That was only yep. the second time all season. Well, he then he would. I would guess, Brett, that he'll do it to Ayuk. Seems, seems that way. I, it seems like they really don't trust Vildor. Yeah. Um, you know, they're just so beat up at corner with Jacobs now out for the season. And then, um, you know, the Emmanuel Mosley experience did not work out. He tore his ACL the first game back. So um, they're they're a little high and dry there. I can't believe they haven't tried. There's no reason to speculate on it, but 
ha- can't believe they haven't tried Branch at corner or or uh, even Melifanu, who is a converted corner to safeties. I can't believe they haven't done that before Vildor. But anyway, I mean, they think talking to them, Brett, they think Branch is actually one of their best outside corners. On your point, I don't know why they're not doing I it. I watched it all training camp, Adam. It was like yeah, he's awesome. he, he was playing outside corner in the second unit a lot, and then he'd go play nickel with the starters. He was their nickel, right? Yeah, so the two was... days I was there, one of the guys high up said he goes, "I think he might be one of our best cor- outside corners." Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, know. I don't know why Vildor's out there. I mean, I, I do and I don't. I, I get it because they're down a corner. But if yeah. you want to be a legit Super Bowl team, he cannot be on the field. Yeah, it's it's tough. So uh, the the I guess the positive thing for Detroit defense, if there is a positive, is that they're getting home on sixty two percent of their blitzes right now. Wow, which is insane. Purdy has he's turned to mush in those situations when the blitz is getting home. He is real. I mean, you saw it last week against the Packers. He just. It, it shuts off for him. He starts getting panicky. So, um, if there's an angle for Detroit here defensively, it's that their their blitz has been really effective. They've been super opportunistic. They're averaging over two turnovers a game the last six games. Um, getting a lot of sacks. You know, drive ending type sacks too. Getting sacked on a blitz is way worse than getting sacked from a, a four man rush because typically when a four man rush is coming, you have time to slide, step. You're getting tackled three, four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Where when you get sacked on a blitz, it's usually ten. You know, you're at the top of your drop getting hit. So the the Lions have led the NFL in drive what they call drive-ending sacks the last six weeks, which is kind of cool. So um, it should be a nice battle there. I mean, you know, this this molding the Detroit defense has done where they've completely transformed who they are identity-wise, you know, from the first 14 weeks of the season to now. And then San Francisco is such an elite, you know, offense and the way they scheme it up. Kyle Shanahan, this should be a legit battle. I'm excited. John, you know what's insane? You know who started defensive tackle for the Lions last week off the scrap heap? Tyson Alulu? Tyson Alualu, yes. Yes, third in a row. It's it's insane. It's insane that he's still playing. In fact, I was at the draft. That's how long ago it was at Madison Square Garden. Tells you how long ago that when he was drafted by the Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 you were at the draft when it was in that little hotel in like the. the (laughs) Oh, the one was on uh, 30 for 30 with. uh, with Marvin Demoff, but no, it's um the, the way that teams tell you that you 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 beat the if you can get pressure, it's going to be on the inside against Burford or Aaron Banks or Brendel. That's yeah. how you do it. Either either by stunts, you, you got to figure out a way to get inside because quarterbacks hate inside pressure. And Purdy doesn't. Purdy's pretty smart, but he doesn't always see it. Um, I'm interested to see if the Lions could figure out a way to get pressure on the inside because that's if they're going to win this game, they got to move Purdy off the spot. And you know this team can't come from behind like that. I know they did last week, but they're 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 so structured, they're so programmed. Man, if the Lions could get a nice little lead in this game, the second half, oh boy. yeah. You know, Brett, I I think there are some similarities here between Purdy and Goff, and you know, we I saw some data that somebody tweeted that outside of an organization, but they used our data that that showed like San Fran could in ways be a tough matchup for golf who does a lot of his best work between the numbers and their lights out between the numbers. Yep. So they are compare and contrast that because Kittle will be going up against, you know, Derek Barnes and, you know, Anzalone and all those guys. I mean, talk about those two matchups. Yeah. So Kittle versus Anzalone, like Anzalone has been very good in coverage this year for the Lions. He was good for the saints um, in coverage. I think the first year in Detroit, that team was just so bad. Like he, I think Anzalone kind of got a bad rap, but he earned that contract he got last year. Um, mm-hmm. That was the, the three years, eighteen million. Like I feel like he really did earn that. Um, 
I'm not going to say it's a plus matchup for him. You don't want to ever have to cover Kittle and you know in man yeah. coverage. That's a that's a nightmare. So um, definitely a, a favorable matchup for Kittle there. But uh, on the other side, like Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, um, the, the, I forget the safety's name for uh, Hufunga. Like, these guys they lock down the middle of the field and, and warner can run with any tight end in the league there's not a lot of like you know a lot of people say running backs don't matter i'm one of the guys that say linebackers don't matter unless you have fred warner or levante david last week um i think that's the one plus is that the lions have now seen levante david twice mm-hmm. they saw the bears who have a really good linebacking unit um twice and True. they got some good reps in or actually they saw baltimore too with patrick queen and roquan smith so um, I do think there's they have enough self scout tape to to maybe mitigate some of that. But you're right; they're going to have to push the ball outside the numbers. You saw it last week when there was a point in that game where Levante was starting to take over, and Sam Laporta, even when he was catching the ball, it was for three, four yards at times. You know, mm-hmm. and there was a point where they had to make the decision: we're going to throw the ball outside the numbers. That's when they got JMO involved on a, on a deep one, Josh Reynolds. Um, I'm on around the flat a little bit, but it's definitely something uh, they're gonna have to make a concerted effort to get the ball outside the numbers. A couple things here, John. There, yeah, Ufanga is on IR, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was gonna get that. The Niners are super old at safety with Logan Ryan Gibson. off the scrap heap with Gibson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everybody wants to go after Ambry Thomas, who just came Logan out Ryan out there. What's that? Logan Ryan a little, maybe. Yeah, no, Logan Ryan starts at Jair Brown. Here's what happened. He's got the he's had this knee problem. And they were they were not sure if he could play uh, full load, so they they started Logan Ryan. I, I mean, with the, the way that Detroit think, schemes up, Ben Johnson's going to got to go after those older safeties. Yeah, yeah. And for the Lions too, it's going to start and end with the run game. Like uh, I talked about this on your show yesterday morning, John. Like everyone looks at the the raw numbers of San Fran's run run game and. They think they have a good run defense, but they really don't. The reality is that they've had a game script that's very favorable to run defense all season long. They're usually blowing teams out, which means teams either don't run the ball against them or early in the game when they tried to run, it didn't work. When you actually look at neutral game scripts, San Francisco's got one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. You saw that last week with Aaron Jones. He was carving them up. And on that outside, outside zone, zone team, Yep, outside, outside zone, which the Lions have been running outside zone more than any team in the NFL the last five weeks. Nice. Um, the Lions also run that Penne power, they call it, where <laughs> they're not pulling the guard. They're pulling Penne across the entire formation with a little misdirection. That's been killing teams. I think 49ers are, you know, they're they're weak against that look for sure. Penne should start his own, like, food company uh, mm-hmm. selling pancakes. Penne's pancakes. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, th- this might be the most deceiving stat on a run D ever uh, because all the data is good on the Niners run D allowed yeah. the third fewest adjusted yards before yeah. contact uh, fourth fewest rushing yards per game. But again, it's all, I guess, contextual and the context was always in their favor or more, more often than not in their favor. Yeah. I give uh, Greg Olson a lot of credit on the broadcast last week. He actually did a really good job breaking that down. Yeah. Um, and he, he even said, guys, it's it, the numbers are lying to you. Like the San Fran defense is not – their run defense is not very good. You saw yeah. it last year with Philly in the in the NFC Championship game. I mean, Philly completely controlled the clock with that with that run game. So, mm-hmm. so before we move on and wrap it, uh, any individual – I mean, Amon Ra, I know our data looks really good there. Uh, yep. it maybe a little Jamison play against like if, Ambry Thomas, perhaps. Yeah, if 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 um, yeah, if he gets Ambry Thomas for sure, they're gonna they're gonna light that up. 
Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Ward travel with uh, with Jamison. Oh, right. I just don't know if, if Ambry can run with Jamo. Like that's a scary thought to and me. And they've so. done that. In fact, Kyle was talking about that uh, when he when they when they put Ward on Metcalf earlier this season. They'll do that if they think they think they got to shut someone down. But that that'd yeah. be fascinating to see what they do. You think yeah. they would do Ward on Jamo? No, I'm just saying. I, what I'm saying is, if they if they think there's someone they absolutely have to shut down, they're going to do that. Yeah, I, I yeah. yeah, I mean, fair. I mean, I, I kind of look at it, uh, especially I mean, I if sizable. Jamo uh, doesn't get the ball a lot. He plays a ton of snaps. He just doesn't get the ball. Can Ward run with Jamo though? I mean, I mean, I, I, he's got a better chance of doing it than than the other two dudes. Okay. Yeah. Amon Ra plays in the slot enough that I I don't think he would draw a shadow because that that's totally switching up your defense. You know, Ward is an outside guy, so right. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, uh, oh, and then the last one would be back to the running game real quick. I think you mentioned it, but just so we're clear, like San Fran, the type of runs that San Fran struggles with, it it would appear on paper more of a Gibbs game running, correct? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I still think Montgomery will get volume, of course. I think those runs will be less effective for Detroit and more of a means right. to set up the rest of the offense. Yeah, um, exactly. they're going to use Montgomery as the hammer, but I do think Gibbs will have explosive runs in this game. Oh, there it is. Well, twenty nine minutes. I mean, uh, we kind of we kind of milked it. Uh, hey, Guru, why does Jeff Mans have a site called Fantasy Guru? That is because uh, I sold that website, and he <laughs> worked for the company that uh, has that website. Like, there's a Johnny come lately. I guess just <laughs> noticing now that uh, that's the case. But uh, we digress, and we wrap it up here. Uh, we thank Trey, we thank Tommy and Mr. Adam Kaplan and Mr. Brett Whitefield. Brett, I just want to say good luck to your Detroit Lions. I'm pulling for them. I love the Lions. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah, I, I'm pulling for you in a sadistic way as a Vikings fan because it's just going to be a horrific look for the Minnesota Vikings if the Detroit Lions make the Super Bowl because the Minnesota Vikings haven't been there in like 50 years. I've rooted for the Vikings for the same exact reason, so I think that's fair, completely fair. The the Minnesota, the the miracle against New Orleans, like I was completely pulling for Minnesota in that game to just okay. to make Matt Patricia look terrible. Oh, that that's not that hard to do. Yeah. All right, uh, well we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thanks for watching. Continue to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Enjoy those games. We'll talk to you next time here at FantasyPoints.com.